Welcome back to another episode of Tailgate Season presented by the Cold Cans Network. I'm Logan sitting, Logan sitting here with my co-host Jordan. Uh, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts where this podcast is available. And again, it's Tailgate Season, Tailgate SCN. While you're at it, check out ColdCansNetwork.com for blog content. And you can find the merch there on ColdCansNetwork.com slash shop. All right, Jordan, ACC Week 3 is in the books, man. Um, been a lot different than we probably thought in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there's been some shakeup, if you will, in our preseason ranking. <laughs> yeah, you could say that again. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into our uh, post-week three ACC power rankings. Uh, if you want to go one through 14, who you got? Okay. Hey, give it to us, big man. All right. So only... Just by the fact they're still undefeated, I'm going with Clemson up top. Just and they're still they're still the champ of the division and of the ACC right now. Um, so that's why I have them at number one. Um, after that, I have Miami. Um, they went in, played a good game against Texas A&M. They should have won that game. I got to do stuff on that football. Put them up on at the end. Um, I, I'm a little concerned about the uh, TVD. A little bit concerned. Um, he looked like he got a little bit of, I don't know. He just didn't look as good as I thought against that Texas a and defense. Um, so they're my number two. Number three is NC State. Uh, I think, you know, they still have a little bit of the offense to work out. Um, defense looked great. Um, I think that'll come. I think it'll be, and who knows? I have them, you know, maybe later on, moving on up. We'll find out that, what, October 1st, isn't that when they play Clemson? Yep, we got UConn this weekend, 38-and-a-half-point favorite, and then we have to go down to Death Valley. Yep, so I, I think they're, they're fine at three. Um, Pitt is my number four, um, just because of the fact they played Tennessee very well, um, and I think they're a little more established right now. Plus, um, I'll get to my next reason why in a minute. Um, so that's four is Pitt. Number five is Wake Forest. I'm putting them at five instead of ahead of Pitt because of the um, little bit of a scare they got last week. Um, and so that's why they're below Pitt at the moment. Uh, but I'm sure Sam Hartman, you know, they're not going to be – They're not. it was just one of those – might be a look-ahead game because uh, they're playing Clemson this week, correct? Um, uh, so, yeah, Wake Forest is. So I think that's the look-ahead game. Um, then I have uh, FSU. They look good. Um, they, they're doing better than I expected um, a little bit, but they, they're looking like a very good team. And I never thought I'd have this. Syracuse is after Florida State to me. They look good. They look real good. I mean, I know they had, they had a little bit of a game with Purdue. Honestly, at the beginning of the year, if you'd have told me that game, I would have never thought that Purdue and Syracuse had a close game. I just would have thought Purdue would won. Um, but Syracuse defense is pretty good, um, along with their quarterback play. Uh, then after them, I have my boys, the uh, Tar Heels. Um, they never know what could happen after this week when they play the Fighting Irish. Um, then I have Duke. Uh, yeah, I have Duke that high, if you can believe it. Um, I think their defense is good. I think the offense is doing enough to win. Um, after that, I have UBA. They just, they look better um, this, this past week. 
Um, maybe the O-line's growing a little bit. Um, but they still have to show me a little bit more. Um, after that, I have Virginia Tech. Um, they did beat BC, even though BC is not a great. Um, so I think they're a little bit ahead or right behind uh, Virginia. Then I have Louisville. They they just they haven't lived up to the expectation that I thought was coming. Um, but I think they're obviously going to be better than BC, which is who I have after Louisville is BC. Um, and then at the bottom, the bottom dweller, I have Old Fashioned Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah, the easy pick for the last one. Um, yeah, I could have started backwards and made my list. I actually made my list backwards, and it was a little easier to go up. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so we have a, a few differences. Okay. Uh, my post week three power rankings, I have Clemson at number one, strictly because the defense is definitely one of the best in the country. Uh, Will Shipley is talented. DJU is better than expected. I guess I, I would say he's completing yeah. about 64% of his passes so far. So it's with them being three and oh, it's enough for them to be number one for me. Number two, I have NC state. Um, I had them down a couple spots last week, but NC state after the Texas tech game, they, the defense was the best I've seen in two years in a, in a one game situation against a power five opponent. That was just a uh, clinic on defensive football. Um, four turnovers, uh, Aiden White had two picks, a sack and one pick for a 84 yard pick six. I mean, you can't ask much more out of a defense than that. And the offense, while, um, I would say mediocre left three touchdowns on the field with two with the penalties. And, um, one was a freshman running back fumble into the end zone by just getting careless of the ball and somebody poking it out. He'll learn from that. Won't happen next time. So that's, you know, two of those and, uh, touchdowns or even one, and it, it just the box score looks very different than it was. NC State was in control of that game the whole time, so they're still number two for me until beaten. Number three, I have Florida State. Uh, Florida State's been a surprise team for me this year. Uh, more on that later, but Jordan Travis has been better passing the ball than I expected this year. They finished out the game against Louisville, I believe, with the backup playing. And yeah. um, Florida State's been a much better team than what I've expected in past years. So Seminoles at three. Number four, I have the U. Uh, Miami looked good against lesser competition, as they should. They went down to Texas A&M. Texas A&M were coming off the on the heels of uh, the loss to App State at home, which is why I was like, I picked the U just for podcast purposes, but I wasn't confident in that pick, if I'm being honest, because Texas A&M, I just couldn't see them with that much talent losing back-to-back games after a loss to a team uh, from the Sun Belt. But the Miami, as much as shit as NC State has gotten against solid competition with their offense, I think Miami should be called into question here. TVD and them did not score a touchdown. They had nine points off of three field goals. Like, are we really going to give them a pass? My book, not so fast, my friend. So Miami comes in at four. Number five, Wake Forest. Sam Hartman's back. Looks like he hasn't missed a beat so far. Offense is good. But uh, the defense is just as bad as it's been in the last few years. And they're going to have to win shootouts to win games. 
I'm not sold that a shootout winning team is going to win 11 games like they did last year. They barely beat Liberty last week, even though Hugh Freeze has that has had that team playing really well over the last few years. So Syracuse comes in solidly at five. Uh, number six, uh, we're going to have to go to the Northeast to Syracuse. Um, big surprise team for me. Syracuse is a team that quarterbacks been playing well. We knew what we had in Sean Tucker. Defense was, I've been saying, is sneaky good for a while. They went on, uh, went on and beat Purdue, Big Ten team, who uh, is a solid football team. Close game, but Syracuse pulled it out, and they're 3-0. and Didn't think they'd be 3-0 and at this point, so got to give hats off to the Orange. Number seven, Pitt. Um, Pitt has been essentially what I thought they would be so far uh, coming into this year. Really solid, gritty football team who are going to have some close games. And, you know, they lost to Tennessee. Um, if you listen to the last episode with our esteemed guest, uh, Sarah Blake, Tennessee's good this year. Uh, so you can't really hold that against Pitt. But Pitt's been solid. Uh, number eight, I have UNC. UNC's offense is elite. Their defense is historically atrocious. So depends on how the game goes and how good the defense that they're playing against is. Uh, you, I just don't have enough to trust them to put them in the top five. Um, if they could have an average defense, Carolina can shoot up these power rankings really quick. But until that happens, color me cautious. Uh, number nine, Duke. Um, Duke is overperforming through three weeks in my mind. Riley Leonard's been good at quarterback. The defense has swarmed and tackled well, which has not been a thing that they've done in quite a few years. Mike Elko has that program and that team playing a lot better in his first year than they've done under the last three years of Cutcliffe. So Duke has earned their number nine ranking, but I, I just am not sold on them moving into the conference stretch. Uh, number 10, Louisville. Louisville is one and two. They have one bad loss, but think they have a solid win over UCF and then a close loss against Florida State, uh, 35-31. I'm not ready to write off the Cardinals, but they are definitely not what I predicted preseason. So Louisville comes in at 10. Number 11, Virginia Tech. Um, the ODU stench of that loss is still fresh in my mind. And they beat Boston College, which is an ass of a team right now. So. I I don't know what to get. They got West Virginia at home this weekend. I think they take care of business. Mountaineers aren't that good themselves, but and it's at Lane Stadium. Um, so I don't know what to expect from Virginia Tech overall. UVA, they fucking suck. That's what I think. They fucking suck. And you, God knows, Brennan Armstrong, I was singing his praises in the preseason, has completed like 36-ish percent of his passes like dude like that team is just cannot score tony elliott the former clemson oc is their head coach not impressed by what they've done so far had some close games against teams they shouldn't have close games against uh number 13 bc very disappointing team considering that uh jerkovic is back and healthy and zay flowers is back can't explain that one they just don't seem to be that good and then number 14 the easy one georgia tech and their clown coach Jeff Collins. I mean, they are definitely not playing above the line. So if they were trying to start for Jeff Collins' team, they would not be starting because they are not above the line. That is a dumpster fire of a program right now. So they have earned their 14th and bottom of the barrel slot in Logan's ACC power rankings through week three. But uh, but yeah, ours are not too awfully different. Just a few differences here and there. 
Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it's week three. Um, obviously, you can tell you're you got plenty to go. Um, these teams can move up, we can go down. It, it just all depends on what happens. Um, but I think, I think, I think we got it pretty right. I think it's, I think it's a fair power ranking. Um, like I said, all the difference is a little bit in the middle. I mean, but yeah, I think everybody who watches sports will have a different opinion on certain things and just, but you can't throw away from what we have. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, uh, solid of all power rankings. Yeah. All right. So let's move into our, uh, post week three. Um, ACC disappointments and surprises. Let's start with the disappointments because it's always fun to grumble, grumble, be grumpy, and say this team fucking sucks, A, a.k.a. Virginia, um, from what we got wrong at the beginning so far through the first three weeks. So who are your uh, top three disappointing teams in the ACC? Um, so, you know, I've texted you several times. You know, and I just like this bitch. That's just sometimes you just got to do it. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my biggest disappointment. Then I'll go on to my still disappointment. Not bad. Um, I'm gonna go with Louisville as my biggest disappointment. They just they just look they just look bad to me. Um, I expected a little more out of Malik Cunningham, I guess. Um, and maybe it's not even his fault as much as it is uh, some of the other the defense and other stuff. But they just don't look. They, they surprised me because me and you both had them um, to be at the top or onslaught of our power rankings in the preseason, and they're just not getting it done. Um, second, I have UVA. They 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 look atrocious. I didn't really. I mean, they just they like you said they don't score the points that you would expect. And we know we talked about it earlier how they have the offensive line troubles and they're new. And I get that. That takes some think. Um, to work out, but I still think that a second biggest disappointment to me. Um, and then I have my boys, the Tar Heels. I didn't, I say this only as the recruiting class that we were supposed to have. Um, the, the stars officially don't mean anything, you know, it's all you can say what you want on paper, give it two years. Football is different than basketball, I know, I know, but. I expect a little better out of the defense. And um That's fair. That's why I have them as my third disappointment. Because I just I don't feel good about any game. I, I just I always feel like, you know, it doesn't matter unless we score seventy points, I don't feel like we got this game over because we don't. It's just not gonna happen this year. Um but those are my top three. Louisville's the biggest disappointment in UVA then North Carolina. All right, so my three biggest disappointments through three weeks. Um, number one, I have to say Boston College. They returned not only their two years ago, if anybody remembers, Phil Dracovic was a top-end quarterback in the ACC. They were a scary team that was hovering around seven and five. And, you know, their weird style, you have to go up there late in the season to uh, to – uh, Chestnut Hill to play. It's it's you know House of Horrors for the Wolfpack. It's cold up there late in the year. Everybody expected them to be pretty good. They had him coming back. They had Zay Flowers, who was a top end receiver in the ACC. They have looked like absolute dog shit co- coming into Week Four. 
Um, they lost to Rutgers in week one. They lost to Rutgers. Like, I don't care. I don't give a damn if Rutgers finishes 11 and one. You shouldn't lose to Rutgers. Their name is fucking stupid. All right. Rutgers, no excuse for that. So Boston College, you know, big disappointment for me. Number two is UVA. I was cautious about them coming in just because I knew they were replacing the entire offensive line. But God knows I didn't think the offense would be this putrid. Like, Brendan Armstrong is a good quarterback, but I have no idea what Tony Elliott nor the Cavaliers are doing so far. Like, the amount of close games and the lack of touchdowns that they've scored so far this year has been uh, alarming and abysmal. Like, Brendan Armstrong deserves better. I would say the Cavaliers fans deserve better, but, you know, they won a national title in basketball a few years ago, so I don't feel bad that, that bad for them. Um, then number three is Louisville. Um, I'm not as disappointed in Louisville as you are. I understand relative to our expectations for both me and you coming into the year. I think they've been, like I said, I think week one so far has been the outlier. Like they lost that game in a, to Syracuse that I just don't think they should have to that badly. But they beat UCF. UCF's a solid team. Uh, and then they had a really close game that they gave up late against Florida State. I'm not ready to write them off yet, but they have been a disappointment so far because I really didn't see them being two and one. I mean, one and two. I thought at worst they'd be two and one, but I thought realistically they'd be three and oh. So the uh, the Cardinals have been a uh, lesser, but still disappointment to me so far through three weeks. Um, but yeah, that's my top three disappointments. All right, let's move into the surprise teams. Jordan, who are your top three surprises through three weeks in ACC football? Um, so I say my top surprise is, uh, Florida State. Um, I think, I think they've done well and, and you know, we've had them up there and it was a question Florida State. Um, we've always had that question. Um, but I do think that they are on the verge of tipping to the back. Um, they're not there yet, but they're on the fence. Uh, now, I know Jordan Travis went down, and we don't we don't know how serious that injury is. However, if it's as bad as kind of looked, he didn't come back in the game. The backup was in. Uh, that's another thing that we need to think about, and that's what I took the consideration in power rankings. Um, is if he's out, you know, the backup didn't look bad, um, but it makes a difference. So, but they're still my top surprise in good way. Um, and then I have Syracuse. Didn't expect it. Um, I didn't do, I guess, enough research at the beginning of the year about it. Um, but they, they look good and they beat quality teams. Um, they, they beat a food team that's pretty good. Um, turning some players back. They were turning players back. They got great defense. Um, and so they're my second surprise. Uh, third surprise is Duke. Um, I was not expecting them to be three and zero. I don't know why. I just wasn't. Uh, I guess because of the history. Um, but they look good, man. They really have. But it hurts me to say that, being a Carolina fan. Um, <laughs> and you know, some Carolina fans on Twitter might destroy me. But I just, I don't know. They they look good. The offense has been good enough, and the defense has looked really good. So that's my uh, top three surprises of the week three so far. All right, so I'm going to have an honorable mention on the surprises being to piggyback off of what you just said is the Blue Devils. My honorable mention is Duke. 
Um, so far, they've played Temple, which is the new UConn of the American. Uh, they've played NCANT and they played Northwestern. Not exactly a murderer's row, but in recent years, that's not a necessarily three or no schedule for the Blue Devils. So hats off to how they've played, the energy they've played, and how the defense has played. Because anytime you shut out any team, it's impressive. And they did that against Temple in week one. They beat Northwestern when they covered and they were the underdog. And I'm anticipating they, if you listen to last episode with Sarah Blake, I, uh, I anticipated that they're going to cover and win against Kansas, but I'm not ready to anoint them the, the year's biggest surprise yet. I mean, cause they still have some tougher tests um, coming up. Honorable mention for the blue devils. Uh, number three, I would say is probably FSU. The talent's been there. Um, it's been inexplicable for why they've been as bad as they've been the last few years. They've lost to, what was it, Jackson State, Jacksonville State, whatever the team's name was, doesn't matter. That's how big of a loss it was for them. Two years in a row. This year, they look like a different team. They beat LSU down, not in Baton Rouge, but they beat them in New Orleans. Um, they beat Louisville with the backup quarterback late down the stretch. So, you know, you have to have hats off to the Seminoles. Are they back? Don't think so yet. But are they a competitor? Are they a dangerous team? Probably so. So big surprise from them. Um, number two, Drake May. Um, I, I realized that Drake May was highly recruited out of co- uh, high school, but there are a lot of players that are highly recruited out of high school. Tony Grimes was highly recruited out of high school, and he's looked like shit, roughly through a couple year, uh, a couple years at UNC. He's not been terrible, but he hasn't been great. Drake May has been the opposite of that. I came into the season thinking that UNC's defense was going to be not good. Didn't think they'd be as bad as they've been through three weeks, but I came in thinking the offense was going to be pretty good, but not as good as they've been. So it's kind of been opposite ends of the spectrum. But I was like, how is Carolina going to replace their greatest quarterback in program history in Sam Howell? Well, God knows it looks like through three weeks they've done it. And Drake May looks like he could very well be, by the end of this year, considered better than Sam Howell. So hats off to Drake May, even though he made a fucking stupid-ass, ridiculous comment today about the state of North Carolina that only people that look through the lenses of Carolina Blue, uh, everything, the Carolina way, and believe that Roy didn't know are they're the only people that believe that what he said is true. Um, anyone that lives in Realville, of which I'm the mayor, I'm the mayor of Realville for the tailgate season podcast. What he said is a fabrication at best and just a delusional uh, wet dream for the Tar Heel fans at worst. So that's what I have to say about. Hey, uh, so, all right. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to say about the problem because I, I've, I'm a big believer in that. The board stuff. Well, hold your yeah. thought. Don't forget it. Let's at least give the listeners. I just realized the listeners what the comment was. The comment was growing up in North Carolina, every uh everyone is a Carolina fan. False. Um, he also said that if you went to state, some may say state, but if you went there, it's because you couldn't get into Carolina. Also false. Anyways, I digress. Um I now I don't really want to talk about the comment. I'm I'm a big I don't don't get any more ammunition than it's needed. Um you know, I, I'm sure that state didn't need any more bulletin board material coming to Chapel Hill this year. And 
you know, because honestly, they're playing for everything. Um, it's a rivalry game, you know, like I know, it doesn't matter if the record's out, it could be either way. Um, that doesn't matter. Um, so I didn't, I don't agree with doing all that. Um, but I will, on your surprise of them being, or Great May, now he did this for the last two games. I know they were against Jordan Southern and, um, I forgot the second week too, or the other one. Um, Florida AM, but, and who else they beat? They ain't beat nobody. But. Yeah, it was Georgia State, Florida AM, and, uh, I can't even remember. Oh, yeah. App yeah. State, yeah. How do we forget uh, that yeah. one? My God. God, because that's the one that was probably the biggest, craziest game. Yeah. Uh, but they beat App and they beat Georgia State without Josh Downs. Um, so that that's even more of a uh, uh, big win, or not a big win, but a good thing for him is he's going to without their top receiver. I mean, he's by far their best receiver. Oh, he's and one he, of the best receivers in the conference. And he's they've they've won the two games. Granted, some belt conferences, I know it's away, but he's done that and put up good numbers without their um, receiver, which is a big kudos to him. But, um, I mean, other than that, I, well, you got to get to your third one. No, yeah, but, like, I agree with you on that. Like, he's played very well. Like, I'm not – no way am I taking away from his performance because it's – it's, you know, you, you can't take away from the guy on that. I just think his comments on NSA stuff is stupid as fuck. But, <laughs> but uh, my number one surprise is definitely Syracuse Orange. Um I came into the year thinking they're going to be one of the worst teams in the Atlantic, if not one of the worst teams in the conference. And then I knew they had Sean Tucker, even though he tweets about himself in the third person, almost kind of like he's the rock on WWF Monday night raw in 1999. He still, you know, has been a fantastic running back so far in his career. Garrett Schrader, I did not believe was the real deal. He's played well through three weeks. They've beat some quality opponents. The defense, I said, was sneaky good, but was it a good, enough for them to when we start off 3-0? I didn't think so. So hats off to the Orange from Syracuse on on their start so far. They might earn Dino Babers a couple of extra years hit there up there in Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, you can't take away from what the Orange has done. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's great. And, you know, it's starting to show me a little bit that the ACC is starting to get deeper with their teams. It's not just the top. You know, you're starting to get a little bit more expansion in the middle, which makes the conference deeper, which makes just overall everything better. And it's probably the transfer portal. That helps a lot for these other teams who can't recruit, um, you know, like some of the others. That helps a lot. And just recruiting in general has got to be good for these teams. The NIL, I'm sure, helps um, also with that. But, I mean, these teams in the middle of the pack can, in, in a week or two's time, in a game, can jump up and just shuffle everything completely up in this conference. And it's great to see, and it's great for college football fans that love the ACC. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think the ACC has uh, been much better this year. Um, I mean, we have more teams ranked than the Big 12, the I believe the Big 12, but the, definitely more than the Big 10 and the Pac-12. So hats off to the ACC so far through three weeks. Um, let's close things out with talk about our team's upcoming games this week. I'll start because there isn't a whole lot to talk about. We're playing UConn at home. It's family weekend. Good for the Pac fans. 
38 and a half point favorites. It's going to be a tune up game before Clemson the week after. So not a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, so let's get to the big matchup. We have Notre Dame coming in Chapel Hill and they're a one point favorite. If you listen to the last episode again with Sarah Blake from the coach JB show with Sarah Blake, um, last episode on her pick them. I picked UNC to win, uh, Jordan picked Notre Dame, Jordan, what are your, uh, What's your outlook on how the game's going to go against the Irish? Um, I think I think the offense is going to keep up. Um, I think that's you know I think that now I feel comfortable usually with that. Um, I think that if the defense can somehow give us you know a couple three and out, you know let the offense work, I think it'll be a lot closer. I mean, take it much closer, honestly. But Carolina has a chance to win this ball game. Um, I, I don't think that's a doubt. I think most people would agree with that. Um, and I really think that uh, Notre Dame will probably just win. Um, but it's it's going to be a hell of a game. It's a three thirty kickoff. Um, anytime the Irish come to town, you know, program history and everything, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be fun, great atmosphere, as good as it can be. Um, I'm going to be there, so that makes it even better. Um, I want to ask you, though, do you think UConn can cover that spread, or do you think State was The only way that UConn covers is if the offense is like has the worst day of the year. Yeah. The offense, so. the State's offense is aggressively average. It's not actually putrid. So, like, if they have the worst game they've played in a while – then yeah, yeah, UConn can cover, or if we just call off the dogs super early. Um, but UConn, I believe, is that bad, <clears throat> and even an average offense um, like ours is going to put up a lot of points against that Huskies defense. Well, so to put it in perspective, they were uh, forty-four and a half underdog, I think. Um, so another uh, to Michigan, Michigan, yeah, the big house. Um, they. One they lost by fifty two. Um, the offense looked terrible. They're starting to tear itself for that. Um, they they had an ungodly amount of turnovers. Um, it's tough for me anytime there's a big big spread like that to take the cover. You know, it's just difficult. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do with that game. Um, but I I can see. I can see State maybe calling off the dogs, and maybe that happens, a garbage time touchdown or something like that to give you the, you know, yeah, right. you can cover. Um, but if they left the starters in and did all this, no, I don't think it's a ball game. Um, I, I kind of I hope that just because I want somebody to be thrown Clemson, and I want, um, I, I want that to happen. So State, when does State play Clemson? How many weeks away is that? So we play UConn this weekend, and then the very next weekend we play Clemson. I hope you don't have a look ahead. And yeah, look, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose. You're not. Yeah. Um, but I hope I hope from the betting standpoint, maybe you, maybe you let it cover. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, that that's another possibility. And there's, you know, we're talking about these games, and would Carolina beating? Notre Dame being upset in your book. Say that again. Would you would you take 
uh, would Notre Dame losing to Carolina be an upset in your book? No, not I know at you all. took them on the last episode. No, not at all. Um, because I I think they're pretty evenly matched overall, and I mm-hmm. give Carolina the edge strictly because of offense. Yeah. I haven't seen anything impressive out of Notre Dame yet this year. So, I mean, they had a pretty good game against Ohio State. But they still lost by 11, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that Carolina's offense is borderline elite in the country. So yeah. it's it wouldn't be an upset to me if Carolina wins that game. I, um, you know, on the last episode, we went through our pickle. And I think... An upset watch. I know I picked Wake Forest, but I don't think I think that's an upset watch. And I think Clemson better watch out because I think it's at Wake Forest. I think they had a look ahead game last week. I think that's exactly why they struggled a little bit. Is they were looking ahead to the big one, and Clemson did not look great, and they haven't looked great. Um, and this this week could be an upset. I'm telling you, that's an upset watch. Um, I know last week, uh, me and you, you know, we went over our picks and stuff. And last week in college football, the Colt can pick them went eight and two. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty good and, and profited over $200 if you went $50 straight bets on your units. So that's, I mean, anytime you win me $200 that every day of the week um obviously you know i talked to you and kenton who was on our uh tailgate season podcast about how you know i needed your boys to come through <laughs> and cover and thank god they did because they scared me with that last uh little god that that little thing i was like dude are you kidding me i'm gonna lose the cover because of this. <laughs> um, and y'all were gonna get some dirty text up and do some nasty ones <laughs> um instead you think the wolf pack on twitter <laughs> yeah yeah i know I know. I was like, thank you, God. I've been drinking by that point. I was like, this is nuts. Um, but the the picks that we went over in the last episode, those are the ones that I really love. Um, so I, those picks, listen to the last episode. There's my pick for the week. I really like those games that you laid out for us and those, and those are the ones I'm going with this week. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that the Carolina Notre Dame game is obviously a pick 'em for a reason. I still think I still like Carolina on that one more than Notre Dame. I just haven't been impressed by Notre Dame. I have been impressed by Carolina's offense, obviously not their defense, but you know, sometimes offense can win you games. Uh you talk about the Clemson Wake Forest game. On paper, you can kind of see why people would say they're on upset watch, but I just have seen since, since Dabo has been in a Clemson, South Carolina, even in their quote unquote, that Clemson standard down years, Wake Forest just doesn't compete with them for whatever reason. And I just, until they prove otherwise, I'm just not going to buy the demon Deeks against the tigers. Um, but you know, I, a part of me hopes that, that Clemson loses, but at the same time, they they'd be losing a week before they play NC State. So I don't know how I feel about that. You know how those things go. <laughs> but either yeah, way, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. want them pissed off coming to me. Exactly. I, I, Playing I at home. Yeah, I would not want them pissed off at all. <laughs> right. Exactly. So either way, we'll find out at the end of this week. Um, if you click the Spotify description link, there is a uh, a link in the description to let you. Given up to one minute voicemail 
Tell us which games you're looking forward to, what picks you like, what picks you, picks you don't like, what you think we got right, what you think we got wrong. And um, uh, let us know any questions you have on the podcast. It's uh, available there in the description on the Spotify link of Tailgate Season. That's Tailgate SCN. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review. Share it with your friends. And uh, while you're at it, check out ColdCansNetwork.com. That's our website. We have blog content. We have merch. And then follow me at Colcan Sports for uh, the tailgate season um, content. Follow me at Colcan's Country for country music and country and Colcan's content. Follow Jordan at Colcan's Pick'em for some uh, some picks advice, some gambling advice. He's got you covered there. So for this episode of Tailgate Season, uh, I'm Logan sitting here with my co-host Jordan, and we will see you next time.